and welcome back to Dame It All to Hell. I'm Kelly Gibson, and I think I've finally recovered from last week's live podcast recording. And I'm Tracy Dietz. Thank you to Campaigns and Elections for having us. It was an amazing experience to do the podcast live. I did four conferences in 10 days, the nonprofit, <laughs> CPAC, Reads, and the National Religious Broadcasters. It's like, I don't even, you're going to have to write a book one day. I can't like, even tell you. The differences in those conferences are insane. So I literally went from... Crazy Republican <laughs> conference. I wouldn't even call them Republicans. I mean, CPAC. It, was it was a yeah. whole nother yeah, level yeah. this year. Nazis. To Reeds, which was just a <laughs> drunken debauchery of awesomeness. To the NRB, where someone asked me to pray with them and she accept tried, Jesus Christ as led my Lord and Savior. Somebody tried to Andy save her. <laughs> also, this week, it was, it's a good week. Um, the International Women's Day was yeah, Wednesday. And God, it was just so nice to get the to spend a whole day talking about thinking about and being proud to be a woman and there are amazing women last month was black history month this month is um, women's history month and my boys have been picking this book to read at night called little leaders bold african-american women in history and it started with like harriet tubman and we just read oprah winfrey last night so like that's awesome it is an amazing story of all these african-american women so it's been a really fun exploration about the power of women of intersectional women across the years amazing really really great also earlier in the week was the oscars we started this week off with the oscars which over the course of the week, I've heard some interesting feedback. You know, I do oh um, I do Fox News every Tuesday. So for those listeners that have any interest in watching Fox News on Tuesdays, tune in the 5 o'clock hour and see me, you know, take some Republican hits and land a couple on my own. I'm going to have some interesting comments for the Oscars <laughs> today as well. But the woman that was doing my makeup, I asked her if she, did the, if she watched the Oscars. And she's like, no, you know, I'm just really sick of Hollywood picking on Donald Trump. Oh. And I was like... All right. I mean, there was some of that. I mean, it was a lot more focused on women than I think it was focused on, like Harvey Weinstein and some of that, other than Donald Trump. Although Jimmy Kimmel really did just land an awesome he was hit awesome. to Mike Pence. Like, how like, can you not pick on Donald Trump and Mike Pence? I mean, let's be clear. Come on. I was watching it with my husband, and the Mike Pence joke came, which was like, so one of the best picture nominees was a story about a young gay man who meets an older gay man, and they have this sort of epic romance. I forget what it's called right now, but my colleague Kevin loves the movie, and he'd be mad that I didn't remember the name. But the joke of Jimmy Kimmel was like, it made no money at the box office. But, you know, real filmmakers don't make, make films to make money. They do it to to just piss off Mike Pence. And I laughed out loud so loud. And Caleb was like, I mean, it wasn't that funny. I was it like, was Mike Pence, he just like he comes back to haunt me, that guy. It was good. It was a good joke. <laughs> yeah. I thought I thought Jimmy Kimmel was fantastic. He was really I love good. how they went after Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> like, I, it was... I yeah. thought the Oscars were were well done. Yeah, yeah, and I think that the the winners made sense. I mean, the first ever African American to get best screenwriter for awesome. Get Out. Have you seen that really movie? Great. No, not oh, yet. It's because amazing. I kind of hate scary movies. It's not it's like scary. scary. It's not. Right. It's great. I, I'm sort you of have to see it. To Do you know what it it's about? Yes, an interracial okay. couple that goes like to a plantation. But with do you know family. what the like what it's actually about? Well, no, but don't ruin okay. it. Okay, I'm me. not. I'm yeah. not. But that's my th- like. You have to go see it. Gotcha. It's not. It's totally. It's not scary. <laughs> I mean, it's a thriller, but it's not. It's yeah. not a horror movie. Sure. Anyway, it's brilliantly done. Yeah. And then, of course, The Shape of Water with, like, the water monster, which I also didn't see, but Tracy Dietz did watch it just a couple days I did days watch it before. while I was at the yeah. National Religious Broadcasters <laughs> Conference because I was so tired. I had to just lay down, and, and I decided to watch it based yeah. off of our dear friend Jason Boss's description <laughs> of, of the, the movie. Scene. It was yes. – it was uh, – it was weird. Yeah. Like, I, I really respect the fact that they had a woman that was disabled 
sort of gaining and, and talking about her sexuality because you don't often see that. See that yeah. So from that perspective, it was great. It yeah. was just a little, little weird. Yeah, I mean, the good thing is the director is a Latino man, so that was great. He won oh, it was for Guillermo, Bat- right? Guillermo, Guillermo yeah. del Toro. Yeah. And then, of course, first ever Best Director female for Lady Bird was in there. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, Meryl Streep, I mean, bow down. She was up for the post. I mean, there was really great representation. So, I mean, I felt like it was a worthwhile award season. I agree. Show. So what are your thoughts on Frances McDormand? <laughs> I think she's a little quirky. I mean, what I don't. So so it's funny. So we were watching it and she won. And uh-huh. I was like, awesome. And I got up to go do something. Yep. And, and Greg comes back and he's like, you're going to need to watch this because you're going to have to talk about this on the podcast. <sighs> and I'm like, OK. So I go back and, and I watch it. And I'm like, well, that was a well thought out speech. Yeah. Like it was yeah. very well presented. Super, super great. Short to the point. Uh-huh. And then I was like, what is inclusion no, writer? Yeah. Like, what does that mean? Inclusion writer, yeah. So I went and looked it up. And, and then I'm like... So, I absolutely think. So tell the audience. Diverse, what it means. So inclusion writer basically means that you are committing to having a certain number of women. It's like Title IX for the movies, right? Yep. Right. Which I realize why it's important. Right. Making the movies look and feel like real life. Correct. That, that there Correct. are all these different people that live in this country, and they should be represented on the screen. Correct. Yes. However, I don't feel like I should get a job just because I'm a woman, and you have to check a box. No, but you don't want a sausage fest movie. You don't want all the movies just to be dudes. Like you want rep- you want and when you're experiencing a story, you want it to look and feel like the Maybe. world in which you're living. Sure. But I'm just thinking about from a from the world perspective of jobs. You and just careers. don't like rules. You don't like when anybody I tells anybody what to do or how to I do it. I just don't like the fact that someone would have to hire me because I have a vagina. Like hire me because I'm fucking better than everybody else, but not think because about I'm that a woman and you, and you write to- a story. I mean, they wouldn't be just hiring you you because you had a vagina. Right. They'd be so fucking amazing. And they have no other option but to hire women to have a better story and to sell a better product. Right. But it's still we still live in the it's like it's like a dog chasing their tail. We still live in a country where change needs a reason to happen. And I totally agree that Title IX was important at the time and affirmative action was important at the time. I I do. No, I I just still relevant today. We're like in a more racist time than I know going back to like. And I get all that. But nobody should get a job that they're not qualified to do just because of. It's not about getting the job. It's about the people writing the stories, making their stories have female first heroines and people of color. I mean, Black Panther has made more money at the box office and Wonder Woman made more money at the box office. But nobody would have all the movie, the big sort of movie companies. What are they called? Um. You know, like the giant media. Like the Harvey Weinstein yeah, companies. Yeah, 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 those ones. They never thought that women or people of color could bring in ticket sales. So I think yeah, but now they know. Is, so why wouldn't they want to do it now? Well, like, because people aren't used to it. Muscle memory. They go back to writing stories the way they always did. So do you remember back to the uh, Emmys? Emmys when the actor from This Is Us, the African-American actor from This Is, this is Us, he won for best... Uh, actor in a dramatic series or whatever and in his speech he said i want to thank the writer of the show because he with intention wrote a part for a black man to tell this story of a black man and it is better for everybody for the viewers and for the people in this business and i think that's what inclusion writer means but that's awesome but so but but then that guy just won an emmy like it should be standard practice then that that if these things are easily been written as a white man 
the adopted kid in that show. I mean, the show is much better because now it deals with issues of race. Right. And now everybody's watching it. Right. But I'm saying capitalism wins. That could even be better. If, right. if there were some set I'm not of saying, circumstances. I absolutely think it's better yeah. if there's more diversity in everything. Companies mm. are better. Movies are better. Music's better. Like, everything is better with diversity. And you just don't think it should be a rule. I don't think it should be a rule. <laughs> I know. Well, you, you hope for organic change. But, you know, sometimes I say forced change is the way things have to happen. But we'll see. I'm not going to say I don't disagree. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, from from one arena with beautiful people to another arena with beautiful so people, speaking we're going to talk change. about Hope Hicks. So uh, for those of you who don't know who Hope Hicks is, she was the White House communication director. Everyone knew her name and nobody knew anything about her. Right. So the <laughs> only thing that people could talk about was the fact that she was a former model. Now, to be clear, she was a former model from like the age of 10 to 16. She went on to Southern Methodist University, played lacrosse, was a huge badass, then met... The founder of Hiltzik? Hiltzik. Hiltzik. Hiltzik Strategies at a Super Bowl event impressed him so much. She w- he was like, come to New York and I'll hire you. It's a, com- it's a comms firm? Hiltzik? A, yes. Yeah. PR firm. Yep. Um, she was there for two years, was working on Ivanka's line because this PR firm did. Ivanka was so impressed with her, pulled her out, had her work at Trump Tower for two okay. years. Trump Tower before he was president? Yes. So she was. So you, she went from sports and university to PR for a fashion line to PR for a hotel company. PL for Trump International, right? Which is like all the stuffs, restaurant, but it's all retail. It's corporate. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Keep, keep going. So then she is plucked out of there to do PR for the Trump campaign. Okay. She so was learning there. curve is steep. She never worked in politics before. And she has a senior position in the presidential campaign. So why are you so judgmental? Like I'm just why, a base I, of knowledge. No, but to it, do but, the job. but right, but but you're I would already, say it about a man. But I would say it about a man, hundred percent. I think if somebody on your side was giving a woman shit because of her, because she was young, despite the fact that she has proven herself twice now to be capable in, different in two different in two different arenas. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't she be? Why wouldn't she be good in this arena from a PR perspective? Like her experience is in PR, and she is doing well. Yep. Why would it? Why would it not be? I think that I think that her skill set applies more to the campaign side than the official side for sure. sure. So she does the campaign. Mm-hmm. She does. She basically is running the press shop, the one person press shop. I just kind of wish oh, I, I, I hated him less. I know. Like I, she just so she her job was to spew lies about a shitty guy who picks on people with disabilities and women over the course of a campaign where Russia colluded to make sure Hillary Clinton went. I mean, the back. So that wasn't is happening so then. Over... But but that's let's go back to 2016 when that wasn't the what she was spinning. She was trying to get a president, a guy no, elected president. Every time he did. by herself, by her fucking self. Yes. She ran PR for that campaign for a year and a half by her fucking self. No help. I'm I'm with you that she's good at PR. So then, I'm on board. so then Trump goes through four White House communication directors, all men, within a hundred and ninety-two days. Yeah, no, it was terrible. Four, four men in hundred ninety-two days. She comes in. She makes it two hundred and three by herself. Like, why are we not calling this woman like a fucking magician? 
Like, why is why is the media and everyone just referring to her as a well, she's model. dumb. She's yeah. a former model yeah. because she is ridiculously beautiful. I mean, there's she pretty, yeah. and then there is holy shit, yeah. and she is holy shit. And because of that, like nobody takes her seriously. I think that that is a big part of it. I think that the other part of it is that she. So she said, "I'll do this job, but I won't speak on in the press room, and I won't take press interviews." So nobody had a chance to know she was smart. You had to trust. You had to trust that because you can hang. With a psychopath president for two hundred days, longer than that. She had been there for three years. Right. She had been hanging and going through that shit. Like, so part of it is also like, she can't, she can't escape the reputation of her boss, right? And, it, and it's impossible to ask anybody to separate her from Trump. I mean, she was in charge of re, of this. So there's a couple pieces of it, right? So then there was there was the Rob Porter thing where she was dating him. I mean, it's not her fault that she was dating a wife beater, but she was dating a wife beater, right? So that's like and she was up in the press for that. Before that, she said she wasn't going to be in the press room or take press interviews. Then she was interviewed by the FBI and said under oath that she told lies on behalf of the president. She told white lies, white lies. like he's yeah. not here. Either Just- way, she's an official employee of the United States of America and admitted to the FBI that she lied on behalf of the president. And then there was all these rumors that she got back to the White House and he dressed her down, that he was he was irate with her. I mean, these could be false stories, but that is how the media narrative is going. And then she steps down. So in all those stories, nobody had a chance to be like, you know, that thing that Hope did was so smart or so effective sure, or so strategic. Sure. And I don't disagree. I mean, there... I, I agree that it shouldn't be her looks. I agree. So... You're right. But you can't separate the two We've things. We've never heard. But but they, they're, it's not even a matter of separating the two things. They just assume the worst. Like, they don't give her. Nobody gives nobody gives the stunning woman the benefit of the doubt. Ever. Ever. Nobody it's, gives the ugly woman the benefit of the doubt either. That's not true. Really? Karen Hughes. Chelsea Clinton. Hillary Clinton. I mean, <laughs> nobody gave her the benefit of the doubt. I'm not sure if she's ugly or beautiful. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> nobody gave her the benefit I, of the doubt. I, and... and, and I don't think any of those women are ugly, but they were older. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're not supermodels. Yeah. They don't look like supermodels. I do think and that... I hate to even say that about Hope Hicks, but she is unbelievably beautiful. And I do think that in this country, supermodel type beauty is automatically assumed to be dumb. Yes. Totally. So I had a guy tell me. And our culture sort of buys right into that. A couple of weeks ago, I was talking about, you know, some issues that I was having. Not, I mean, not issues in my career, but just some general stuff that's. That I've sort of experienced with being taken seriously every time I walk into a room. And, and so the guy said to me, he was like, listen, he's like, I don't he's like, I don't think you should chop off your hair and stop wearing makeup. He's like, but sometimes it's very hard to take beautiful women seriously. And I'm like and, and then he said, you are a really beautiful woman. <laughs> He was being nice. He wasn't. Try- sure. He, was, he was trying to be. No. He With was, friends like these. Why do he you wasn't. Need He's a really nice guy. He was a super nice guy. Right. And, he and just said, like, it's hard for people like you to be taken seriously. But he's not. And he takes me seriously. And he but he was trying to be helpful. Like he was yeah. trying to be supportive. He was trying to give me advice. He was he was trying to be helpful. So I just had a meeting this week with somebody in the business who's been really helpful to me. And he was like, I don't know why you are not more successful this cycle in terms of like winning pitches and getting work and all this sort of stuff. And I said, I can, there's a lot of things I can overcome, but I cannot overcome the first perception of people in the room when I walk into a room, right? That every single person, strangers, multiple times a week, tell me how young I look. Like any random people in coffee stores, when they ask me, 
I say I'm 35, they're like, oh, you don't look a day over 22 or whatever it is, which is kind of crazy. So that's like one check against me that I'm young. I'm more stylized than other people in this town. You know, I wear big earrings and curl my hair, whatever it is. And I think that there is a faction of people, mostly men, who have never experienced that reaction. Of course not. And so it's impossible to relate and to keep it as a factor in the formula of how to succeed. Do you think we just have to start putting our hair in buns? My hair's in a bun today, and I still look pretty cute, I think. You look amazing. Yeah. No, no. I think you just have to stick with it longer and harder than other, you know? And I said to him, I'm I'm like, I'm not even mad about it because I know it. So I realize I'm going to have to pitch six times or eight times to get one race where you can pitch twice and get both races. It's just how it works. So when I was 22, I wore suits and ties, like literally ties, like I dressed like a dude. Oh, my God. And you didn't get a whole bunch of separate shit for that? No, nobody fucked with me, actually. I mean, I kept my hair pretty short. I didn't wear, I didn't wear, um, I didn't have long hair. It's like the legs comment at the reads. I got this at the end of a long day with a live podcast. Somebody came up to me and said, I was at all these things with you. And I just got to say, and here I am thinking he's going to tell me how smart I am or brave or whatever. And he goes, you have great legs. Yeah, They're never going to tell you how smart you are. I said it to somebody and they said, I mean, did you have a short skirt on? And I was like, not that it should matter. But no, I had a skirt on that came well below my knee. Thank you very much. It was a really cute skirt from Rent the Runway, which is the key to my fashion success in life. It is awesome. We should get them to sponsor the podcast. How do you start to navigate some of that? And so I feel Hope Hicks. I feel her. But I don't know that she took the extra step to work harder and make sure people know she's strategic. I don't think she did. I think she had a job. I have to do all the time. I don't think she, she. Fortunately, she was in a position in which she did not have to do that. If and she doesn't want to get picked on, you gotta you gotta give a different narrative. You don't like the narrative they're giving you, change the she story. She was working for the president of the United States. She didn't oh, have to do shit. Such a scumbag. Yeah. That's but that's oh, Yeah. Talking about scumbags from going to a giant sort of national story to a state story. So weird times in Colorado right now. Colorado state legislature was legislature was in session last week. And in, in, in addition to a whole bunch of other, like, you know, standard issues, state politics, education and infrastructure and stuff, there were starting to bring a vote to the floor in the House to expel a sitting legislator for bad behavior. So five women had come out on the record saying that there was harassment in the workplace. And this guy, Lobsack was his name. Lebsack is his name. And he he did not like being accused. So he by pers- five women. He proceeded he didn't like it. to write a sixty-page handwritten memo, taking all of their accusations and negating them piece by piece, putting all the onus back on the woman. Well, she walked towards me in an interesting way, or she, you know, it all- is not our fault that you cannot <laughs> keep your dick in your pants. Yes, sorry. And so they got to this sort of getting ready for this vote, they needed a two-thirds vote in the chamber to expel him. And several lawmakers questioned whether Lebsack had received a due process and whether his expulsion was proper. And for seven hours, statements continued from this guy, reading all, like just going piece by piece on every independent accusation. The problem was, as he was trying to whip votes so that he didn't get expelled, he threatened members of the chamber with violence. And so one of them said on the record, like, I'm sick of wearing my bulletproof vest, word that you're going to come in here and take action on these votes. Because he has a gun. He was threatening them with a gun. Yes, with a gun. Yeah. And so I think that there are – and eventually everyone did the right thing, and they voted to expel him, and he was out. 
The problem is there are three members of the Colorado State Senate who now have allegations against them. One of them in particular, Senator Randy Baumgartner, which everybody should look look up what that guy looks like. It's amazing. He's got an amazing mustache. People have come out on the record. But in the in the state Senate, there is no legislation saying that there, there's no vehicle for expulsion for bad so guys. So I feel like there should be, like, every state legislator should be enacting some sort of le- legislation to counter and deter sexual harassment right. and sexual assault on both sides. I mean, the woman from California finally resigned. Yeah. I mean, they, it just, you can't, you can't abuse and harass your staff. You can't touch your staff's private parts. No crotch grabbing. Regardless of whether you have a penis or a vagina. I, I think I said to Tracy, I mean, if you feel really compelled to grab a crotch, at least grab a friend's crotch and not somebody <laughs> that works for you, you know? Or like, ask if it's okay. Are you out. okay if I grab your Consent. crotch? Thanks, How do you Michelle. Feel? Thank you. Thank you, Michelle. <laughs> yes. um, Consent. So, and, and so there is, the Democrats have introduced legislation into the state Senate for the, for a same vehicle for expulsion, but the Senate hasn't brought it up for a vote. Yeah, good for good for them. Yeah, and I, and I hope it happens. I'm, but it's crazy, and the and the ripple and the backlash is all over the place. So now women running for office are like, well, are you one of those people that are? Have you, you know, seen the, the massive wave of women that are running for office in the hall right awesome. now? It's, it's awesome. Good. Well, Texas, this was also Texas primary week, which was sort of a weird primary. Some of the outcomes were different, but let me tell you, Year of the Woman is no joke. So there's nope. one district. Where the two frontrunners for the Democrats was um, like a former, like a veteran who raised and spent a million dollars on paid communication. So like getting his message out there, running against a woman who's an activist and a Baptist minister who raised $40,000 and they made it in the runoff together. She got enough votes just by being the only woman on the ballot. That's so awesome. like, I just got to say, like all you naysayers about like women getting the vote, you best watch yourself. If you're a man running, even if you're the most qualified, if you're better than the woman, you got to come up with a way to give your voters permission to not vote for a woman this year. So I hope that's not. I think it might. I think the pendulum might. Like, I just hope that women are just so much better that everybody wants to vote for women, well, not because they feel like they can't, because men are historically been a little douchey but for uh, but not for, all of them but for yeah. years and years decades the less qualified man got the vote over the more qualified woman totally just because agree. he was a man so well i don't know maybe that'll swap i mean it's food for thought i i think i think women are more comfortable now voting for women like i, I think that has clearly been a problem in the past I think, and men are just like, oh, I don't know. I'll just vote for the woman because that's like the thing I'm supposed to be doing right now. So I don't think there's, I don't think that there's, maybe on the Dems, I don't think there's any man that's actually going to a thing thinking, well, I got to, I'm nervous. I can't vote for the man. They'll vote for the man. Like, it feels, I'm pretty sure they did it in the 2016 election. Yeah. So men and women. So this is our crazy shit people say thing, which uh, when I pitched it to Tracy, she's like, I mean, that's not really that crazy. So just hear me out. There is a state rep race in the state of Oregon, and my colleague and new friend, who's a male consultant, sort of put it out on her Facebook yesterday, Natalie LeBlanc, put it out on her Facebook yesterday in in sort of honor of the International Women's Day. And she said, if you are feeling like you want to support a woman, send, send a donation to this woman, Catherine Cope's campaign, because she was recently at a forum with an old, like a much older white man. So she she looks to be about 30. Do we know how old she actually is? No. And uh, and he's been in the position for a while. And in a forum, he said, you have a choice to either vote for youthful exuberance, 
you have, you have a, jo- a choice to vote between youthful exuberance and experience. Essentially saying, like, she's nice and full of energy, but she doesn't know what the hell she's doing. And it's not crazy because it's said about young women all the time, but I have come up against that, you know, that I am the eager, hungry, ambitious one, but do I have enough experience? to be hired. I'm not sure that, honestly, clearly, looking at Hope Hicks' experience doesn't matter. I mean, in the Trump administration, it doesn't. I mean, but are I you, in, do you have drive? Are you determined? Like, are you a badass? Yeah, but in I think in the eyes of the way the political arena works, it's like, so experience is just another word for smart or strategic. Uh. Or capable. But it's not because Hope Hicks is clearly smart. But but you keep going back to, well, she's not experienced. So th- those aren't the same. They're not. I don't think smart and experience are equal. There's a lot of people that think that there are young, smart, capable people that may not have the experience to do a certain job. Yeah. So the difference between Hope Hicks and this woman, Catherine, is my question was she went from being a, a senior position for fashion, clothing, and then whatever we're describing, Trump, like that's restaurants and hotels and golf courses or, you know, it's just like it's not policy, right? There's nothing about – there's no um, overlay between the But po- there's a ton of people and, that go in and work on political campaigns that then end up working in the administration that don't have – they didn't all work on the Hill. They weren't like policy wonks. Right, but do they There's all a go- reason you hire policy wonks. Right, but is there all – is it always senior position to senior position to senior position? Like Hope Hicks is frustrated that nobody's saying how smart she is. But she I don't think let, she's frustrated. I actually don't. the world. I don't I'm, know. I'm fucking <laughs> – Livid that nobody's talking about but how smart also, she is. That's I don't think also she gives irritating a to me. Like, why does Hope Hicks not take an interview? Why does she have to? Be- she does not have to. She does not have to. I mean, that's the same mindset she? of everybody so getting avoid... pissed off because Kellyanne Conway wouldn't take the chief of staff job because she wanted to spend more time with her family. Like, the Democrats went fucking batshit crazy over that. They're like, you have been offered the White House chief of staff. You are a female. Why would you not fucking take it? And she's like, eh, I got kids. I'm going to do that. I think in retrospect, she was like, I can't be that close to President Trump. Maybe. Whoever. But whatever. Like, that was her decision. She just got – she was the first woman to successfully run a presidential campaign. And she decided not to take the most prestigious job in the White House. Yeah. Because she has kids. Did you see that last week she's under – she's broken the law, the Hatch Act. So she politicked in an official capacity against Democrats. I mean – I, I realize I'm conflating things. I know. But I think that the, I think that many of like the dem femmes like myself were saying like you've done you've made all these giant strides. Why wouldn't you just check another box for women? You know, that feels crazy. But why should she do it for women? Why should she not do it for herself? Both. Oh my god. Both. Oh my god. Because I, it's like the same thing about in the so live you would podcast. Give up. Why I said I, why are why are why am I the one that has to explain for all women? So you and would go be chief was, of staff to the president of the United States four years ago. Let's say you had babies. Her three years ago. How old are kids? They're older. Yeah. She's got like seven or something crazy. You would have left and went to be the White House chief of staff. Yes. Not but, for Trump. No, but for, for Obama Hillary? or whoever. Yes. Fuck no. No way. Fuck. I, I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't have done it. Yeah. I got babies. I don't have time. No. Priorities. My priority is the not to is work she, The difference with Kellyanne Conway is she was pissed off that she didn't get the cred for that one job, for getting the first woman to successfully run a presidential campaign. She, and got, she got cred mad. from Republicans. She no, didn't get cred she, from Dems. But then she got mad that people were frustrated or confused 
by her decision. And, I, you know, I think she was way better on the campaign than she was ever on the official side. I mean, do you remember? Oh, I mean, she said so many. She had so many gaffes in, in the spokesperson role when in the beginning of the official I side. I mean, to be clear, it would be hard to work. For sure. But I, I actually don't think it's a huge transferable skill. Like, I think I would be a terrible chief. I'm a great political campaigner. I think they take really different skill sets. Yeah. But I think, do I think that, do I think that part of being the first woman of anything is as much for you as it is for change towards equality and feminism and um, respect and appreciation? I do. I think if you decide to be a woman that is the first in the political space, you can't just say, I'm on a journey of one, because you're not. You know, there's little Republican operatives that look to Kellyanne Conway to say, like, she's amazing. And are they disappointed when she all of a sudden is like, oh, I'm not, I'm going to go back to my family. She, of course she has the right. 100% she has the right to do that. She gets to make her own decisions. But well, she's why is chosen it not okay to be, to in the be a mother space. and a, like a CEO? Like it's just. Well, she chose not to be. She did. She turned down the seat, quote unquote, CEO right. position to be a mother. She said, I don't get okay? to do both. Why is that not OK? It is OK. It's just Karen like you're Hughes ignoring... left like Karen Hughes left as well to go be with her family because she's like, I can't take this anymore. Right. You're I think you're ignoring the reality of being a role model, a female role model in politics. But why does she have to? Why is she? I, I don't know. I, I yeah. Why do I have to answer all the questions about men who say we're not smart enough to read where your boundaries are? Because I do, because I'm the one out there, which everybody in the audience, including you, told me at the live podcast that it's just my job. It's just Kellyanne's job to answer to that, to make a reason for why I'm stepping down from a big executive position to take care of my kids. She's allowed to, of course, but you don't get to do it without expecting backlash. She made the choice. So, again, I don't think she cares about the backlash. I care about the backlash. (laughs) She probably does. I don't know. I don't think she does because she's thinking, I don't know that. Well, I mean, I think Hope Hicks would like to disappear right now because I think she has. I mean, I have no idea where. I never knew her when she was. She probably in the White House Connecticut. Or out of the White House. She's probably quietly in Connecticut. It'll be interesting street. to see what she does next. Like starts a magazine or something. Apparently random. there's like 10 million out there for <laughs> to write a book. Oh, about Trump? Stormy Daniels is going to write a book. You see she's suing the president because he never signed the agreement that she couldn't talk about the affair. It's going to be funny. <gasps> also, his name was Dan Danielson or something. He had a pseudonym in the, a pseudonym totally in the contract. That. Did you I see totally that? I totally missed that. No. So her name is like Stephanie I can't. Cooper There's so much something. like stuff going on. Like I really like unless we're getting going into nuclear war, I just can't. I can't deal with. <laughs> well, it. I know North Korea and the United States is about to meet behind closed doors just right? to like. Well, It'd be exciting. It's frightening is what it is. But, you know, if he's the great negotiator. I think Trump is going to scare the <laughs> shit out of that dude. That dude's going to walk out and be like, holy fuck, we cannot mess with them because they will blow some shit up. Except for the fact that he's a laughing international laughing stock. But I don't know. Maybe Who he's has a one-on-one. massive nuclear arsenal. So anyway, that was another episode. Tracy Dietz back here in the comfort of our little studio. But some exciting news. We have a website. It's live. It's up. Dameitall.com. Yes, it's amazing. There's lots of pictures of us. a great picture of (laughs) Kelly and I. Lots of fun. Listen and subscribe to Dame It All to Hell on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks, guys. See you next week. 